What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover your favorite Boston teams and stories. From Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond, we're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Pats make a surprise trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop bonus instant reaction episodes too, so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action and follow off the bike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts. Just like a really nice pullover comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable. You'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Kirk Korolbeck. If you're wondering who to start, who to sit, we have our rankings, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Check it out. We're scoring all the positions you could want. Superflex rankings, everything. Check that out. Our rankings are there. You can use that to help you for Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. I guess we missed the barn birder of a Washington-Chicago matchup, so I'm devastated at what was surely the game of the year. I hope Terry McLaurin caught a lot of miracle balls from Wentz. We'll see. <laughs> I, think, I think he did. But we Thank actually you. will be able to watch the game of the year in person. Uh, we're going to be together in LA for, for this weekend, so that'll be fun. And I have to say, this is the first week of the NFL season where the breakout of like how the games are laid out is exactly how I actually want games to be laid out on a Sunday, which is chaos, red zone channel, almost all your fantasy players are at 1 o'clock Eastern. And then there's only three games in the, in the late window, the afternoon, and it's just Bills Chiefs. It's the game of the year with two other games that other than UDK Seahawks that no one gives a shit about. Yeah, I was gonna say the Seahawks are gonna be on, so I'm gonna have to like half emotionally watch that. Seahawks cards and then like Rams Panthers, who cares? Bills Chiefs just marquee. It's like two Sunday night footballs, and then Eagles Cowboys, actually two good games. It's like two prime time. It's the perfect layout for real. So honestly, the fantasy is almost secondary to me. I want to start with like the real footballness of yeah. Bills Chiefs. I made a not comprehensive list of the most hyped regular season games I can remember. It's not like the best games ever. It's like 
going into the game, people in your life are just like, I, I, I'm clearing my day. Like, I got to watch this game. And I think the list coming into today is last year, Brady going back to Foxborough for the Patriots was yep. an insane one, obviously. A few years ago when the Rams Chiefs met on Monday Night Football and then it lived up to it, it was like 54 That game was so amazing. That was the most fun. Still probably the best game I've ever yeah. watched, maybe other than last year's playoffs between Bills Chiefs. Best regular yeah, that season game I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Crazy with McVay and Mahomes kind of both emerging. 2009, we have to go back a while. So there were a lot of Brady that Manning was a big ones. Jump. I'm on, well, I'm only choosing one Brady Manning one. The, mm. But 2009 had Vikings Packers, which was Brett Favre going back to Lambeau Field as a Viking. <laughs> yeah. 2007, I'm big because there were Broncos ones, but I'm picking this as the Manning Brady one, which is 2007 when the Colts and Patriots met. They were both undefeated. And the Patriots. That was the year they went 18 and one, but they had they were had won all their games to that point by an average of 25 points per game, like their margin of victory. But the Colts were the defending Super Bowl champions. That was at the time, like, is this the best regular season game ever? And then obviously the Patriots lost the Giants in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Manning Bowl the year before <laughs> I just, that. I had to throw that in. I, throw I, that. I didn't know that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just checking, just making sure. Gimmicky, but the Manning Bowl, Eli Payton, and then this is also for different reasons, but the Saints first game back in the Superdome, which they ended up winning. But I kind of think this game's like right there in that list. Like it belongs there. And this is just incredible. And I'm curious, like, I I mean, do you guys, is there any reason that whoever wins Bill's Chiefs is not the Super Bowl favorite, DK? I mean, not really. Who else would it be at this point? I guess the Eagles are kind of like still looking like a juggernaut, but... Not to the not to the level of the Bills, man. The Bills have just absolutely they've been playing like a different plane. And then of course with the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are fascinating because they don't look similar in, in the stylistically and philosophically as they'd have been in the past. Like, but they're just so freaking good still. And it, I mean it comes down to Patrick Mahomes, of course, but um yeah, I mean I don't know. I think to me the Bills and and I think there's a reason the Bills are favored in uh, Kansas City, like they just look to me like they're playing on a whole different level than any other team. And not only that, the Bills, this game matters more to the Bills. Yes. You know what I mean? The Chiefs have done it. The Chiefs have been there. The Chiefs obviously slipped in the victory in the playoffs last year to go ahead of the Bills when a lot of people thought the Bills were the team to beat uh, last year and were looking great. So I, this just means more. Like, I'm surprised the Bills are, are favored in this game on the road, but I think Vegas knows that it means more to Josh Allen. They have more to prove. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll just be it'll be really fun to watch. Can you Heifetz, off the top of your head, can you give me a refresher of how this game ended between the Bills and the Chiefs last year? Oh my god. So <laughs> it's so the, I think the dirty truth of Bills Chiefs is if you like rewatch the game, it's not like the incredible offensive juggernaut fire shootout that you think of for the middle quarters. But after the two-minute warning, Bills Chiefs <laughs> can three touchdowns, points, I think, right? Yeah. 31 points after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. What? It, it, it's yeah, God, it's, it's crazy. So, and then obviously the the Chiefs got the ball back. So the Bills go down and score a touchdown, 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 touchdown. Bills go up by seven. Chiefs get the ball thirteen seconds, and then the Chiefs end up scoring the touchdown. Go Was to that overtime. the Tyree Kill jailbreak run or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. And okay. then the Chiefs win the coin flip in overtime. Get the no, ball back. No, go t- down. Well, score a touchdown. T- Tyree Kill scores the touchdown. Puts the peace sign up. With yes. like a minute and a half left. And you're like, wow, the Chiefs got it. Then the Bills march down super quickly, hit Gabe Davis for a touchdown with only 14 seconds, like whatever it was, 13 seconds. And you're like, oh my God, All they right. did it in one minute. How yeah. impressive. Then, then the Chiefs get the ball with 13 seconds, hit Kelsey and then Tyreek in two plays to get down, kick a field goal with, you know, two that's seconds left. That's right, that's right, that's right. Okay. And then the Chiefs got the coin flip, 
went down, scored another touchdown. I think Kelsey caught it again. I could be wrong. And the Bills somehow never touched the ball again. Oh, and right, right. Low key, people forget this. They changed the overtime rules for this year, just not for the regular season. <laughs> because but they of that actually edited the rules, which is the, the oh, answer they always right. should have been. Yeah, and everyone, no one remembers this, but this year's playoffs, both teams now have to touch the ball in overtime, which Such is what it always should have been. Such a good rule. Embarrassing it took this long. <laughs> it's it, Well, I have so many thoughts on overtime, but basically it's like a player safety issue if they're playing too long, but it, it's, oh, who cares if it's the regular right, season? Right, we keep adding games to the regular season. So Yeah, I mean, right. Well, that's the thing. Well, <laughs> it's I think, like Thursday night football. But it's a good compromise to be like, okay, but only the playoffs, because there's nobody in the world and no players that are like cool with it ending earlier for player safety just in the playoff games. Oh, right. So it's only in the playoffs that this rule Yes. So it's not a rule yet, which is everyone's going to forget. So anyway, this game's incredible. And you mentioned Gabe Davis, but like Loki Stefan Diggs has also just been fantastic this year. And not even just for like Stefan Diggs terms and like historical terms. And right now he's the wide receiver too behind Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup is on pace to almost match what he did last year. Last year was the best fantasy season ever for a wide receiver. Cooper Cup had 367 points, 367. Diggs right now is on pace for 341, which would be wow. the second most ever. Wow. I feel like we haven't even talked about it barely. Well, you know why? We do our Sunday recaps, but his best game was on a Monday night football, uh. and we just didn't end up hitting it. And then last week was great, but Gabe Davis said, that's crazy right. game, and we just, yeah we <laughs> right. have barely talked about things. He's on it's pace for fantastic. over seventeen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns. I have a, I have a team right now with Diggs and Allen, and like it legitimately doesn't matter who else I have on that <laughs> team. Like my, the rest of my team is actually kind of shitty, and I'm five and up. <laughs> like that's how good they've been. Yeah, and you know, also I want to talk about the AFC a little bit. It's funny going into this season, the narrative was that the AFC was stacked and the NFC had nobody, right? And now, like you said, Hype, it's like the winner of this game is obviously going to be the Super Bowl favorite. But man, they're not going to have a lot of competition getting there other than the the Bills or the Chiefs. Like right now, the AFC leaders here, that if the playoffs started tomorrow, he, here's who would be in the playoffs. The one seed is the Bills, two seed is the Chiefs, the three seed is the Titans, four is the Ravens, the fifth seed is the Jets, the sixth is really? Miami, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the last wild card is the Chargers. And wow, like before stunning. this, going into the season, we were like, oh, the Bengals, you know, Vegas, Pittsburgh, uh, Indianapolis, Denver, New England. None of these teams are good. And meanwhile, you go over and look at the NFC and it's like, all right, right now, if the playoffs started tomorrow, you have the Eagles, who are pretty good. Minnesota looks good. The Niners look solid. The Bucks, Dallas looks good. Giants would be the sixth seed and the Packers are the seventh. I think the NFC is better. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in, mostly is that the AFC West, the Broncos were just kind of frauds and collapsed. The Raiders have been all right, but just gotten burned in every Unlucky. game. Like They've won in four, and their three losses are by, what, like 10 points combined or something. And then the Colts have just imploded. The Bengals have regressed. The Bengals have regressed. Oh, yeah. I think the Ravens are probably going to end up looking a lot better than I think. But I, to your point, Craig, I think you're absolutely right. And, and also the Chargers, between injuries and coaching, just haven't been as, they didn't take the leap in the way that everyone kind of was hoping that they would. So yeah, what you have in the AFC is the Bills and the Chiefs just as these kind of undisputed, it, it feels, I don't know if, my favorite dumb movie is, is Pacific Rim, where like the, 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 they call these monsters, they're size and size scrapers, and they're kaijus, and that's really mm -hmm. what it is. It's like when they, it's like two, it's like a Godzilla King Kong fight. And then the rest of the AFC middle class is just kind of like, feel like they're all interchangeable. Whereas the NFC, it's not clear who the best team is, but there's a lot of teams that could emerge as the best team. Like it wouldn't, it would be kind of stunning if the Chiefs or Bills lost 
not maybe not stunning, but surprising. Whereas the NFC, the Eagles, the Packers, the Niners, the Ram, even the Rams, yeah, the Bucks, the Cowboys, any of those teams emerging isn't stunning. It's you know what I mean. You could make a really compelling argument for any of them. Betting wise, like if you're in the NFC, like there are so many teams probably with decent odds that you can you can get in right now that that have just as good a chance as coming out on top as anybody, including the Cowboys. I mean, if the Cowboys. I mean, we're to beat the Eagles this week and then they get Dak Prescott back. That's kind of crazy. But Eagles-Cowboys, I like that it's kind of coming after Chiefs-Bills because it does feel like this unexpected cousin to the, this. it's like an AFC and NFC <laughs> showcase. Right. And it would have been better if Dak was playing, but it doesn't look like he's It would to. be, but it's in a way kind of cool that they play twice and the first one's going to happen without Dak and the second one presumably would have Dak. So it's kind of like this nice appetizer, but the Eagles offense has been great. And for all the stuff about A.J. Brown coming into the season, the two dudes that they had already are the guys that have been gr- great, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Those are the guys that have been fantastic. I've been doing some research just on the numbers. Basically, you know, obviously, A.J. Brown looked really good the first couple of weeks, but he's, he's been a little bit more quiet over the last few weeks, and Goddard and Devontae Smith have absolutely taken over. So I think I'm going to start with Goddard. Um, and obviously, the the top tier in tight ends is Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't think Goddard is is remotely approaching those two guys in terms of their, his value in fantasy. But like, if there's a next tier at the tight end position, it's not Kyle Pitts, obviously, which is what we thought it would be. It's Goddard. Like, Goddard is the guy. And Waller's been a disappointment. Kittle's been a disappointment. Pitts has obviously been a disappointment. But Goddard has been really consistent. He's the tight end four right now in half PPR. Um, he's averaging... Over 10 points per game, which of course isn't, doesn't sound like a ton, but like that's something in, in the tight end position. And he's basically doing everything you want from a utilization point of view, like running tons of routes. Uh, you know, he's running routes rather than blocking. He's very athletic and like intriguingly, like he to me is sort of the new Kittle. Um, and I think people aren't really aware that he is picking up yards after the catch at such an incredible rate this year as he is. Like, I, I was looking at the numbers. So Goddard has 272 yards after the catch this year in five games. That's a pace of 925 yards after the catch. Like, that's not total yards. That's yards after the catch. Um, that's crazy. And he's averaging 11.3 yards after the catch for reception. In Kittle's best season, which is a 16-game season, of course, Kittle's uh, best season, he had 870 yards after the catch. He's, like, known as the guy who picks up yards after the catch, right? Like, he's a beast, breaks tackles, does all that stuff. And he averaged 9.9 yards after the catch per reception. So Goddard Some right people now, call it 10. Sure. Goddard is ahead of him uh, in both of those categories through five games. So I don't know. Like, I think it's it's been a quiet thing, but like they're, us- they're using him on screens. He's picking up yards for the catch. He's breaking tackles. Like he's, and Craig and I were talking about this before. Like he's just very unique athlete. Like he has really light feet. He's really um, like agile in the open field and making guys miss for a big guy. And so I think, you know, he's just a guy that we need to talk about more. I, honestly, we were really two, high two on to him. ourselves. Yeah, we were really high on Dallas Goddard. It's like the middle class of tight ends has disappeared. It's just Dallas Goddard. It's like either, it's it's like Game of Thrones where either you're, you have Mark you have Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey and you're up in the castle and people are carrying you room to room or you're in the small folk eating like the, the bowl of brown or whatever and like the red keep, <laughs> you know, flea bottom. And like the only person not in one of those is just Dallas Goddard, like a healthy, <laughs> healthy middle. Or you could say Taysom Hill, I guess. But uh, to add to that, obviously, Devontae Smith is propped up a little bit by his massive, massive game. I think it was two or three weeks ago. But um, over the last four games, so everything but week one in the last month, he has been the wide receiver 11. Like 
He's been awesome. He's been really good. He's been better, in fact, than A.J. Brown, who is the wide receiver 24 in the same stretch. All right. Sunday scaries. Everyone knows the feeling. Sunday, you're a little angsty. Shaking your legs. You're getting a little, a little nervous. That was me last Sunday night when we recorded our show, man. I was a mess. Hungover. Drove seven hours from Arizona. <laughs> This but weekend's but it's a be three-day hell. weekend. You're not supposed to have Sunday scaries in a three-day weekend. Well, I it's worked like on weekend. Monday, so. <laughs> well, that'll do it. It's different when you're on that grind. Mm. Who are your Sunday scaries for this week? To me, it's just like all the shitty quarterbacks this week and all the, those poor receivers. This Like the subcategory of the Sunday scaries this week is just, I have the worst fucking attorneys. <laughs> and it's all these poor receivers who have to catch passes from uh, a lot of really questionable quarterbacks this week. I'd be like, there's a lot of them. We can all get into them. You know, PJ Walker, Skylar Thompson, Kenny Pickett. Although I'll get to Kenny Pickett later. This is Bailey Zappi potentially for the Pats. But I wanted to focus on Skylar Thompson. Every year there is one quarterback who starts like three games that nobody has ever heard of. It was remember like <laughs> Ben DiNucci. Was that last yeah. year? You know, yeah. Duck Hodges. There's, there's that guy every year. And it's Skylar Thompson this year. I mean, this is the seventh round rookie out of Kansas State. So... In the past on our draft show with Ben Solak, sometimes I would deep dive the social media accounts for these guys because like I'm not half the draft expert, DK or Ben is. So I was like, all right, what can I bring to the table? I can at least stalk everybody's social media accounts and see who they really are. Let me tell you about Skylar Thompson. I want to hear about this guy. There's not a lot there. He, he's a classic. He's just your, your, your quintessential faith family football guy. That's actually like, <laughs> uh, that is literally, like, that is the bio of him on Twitter and, and Instagram, Faith Family Football. All he does on Twitter, I'm, and I mean all he does is retweet Kansas State highlights. <laughs> like okay. anything that Kansas State does, whether they do like a charity event or like they had a good game or like a new recruit chooses Kansas State, he just ret retweets that and then says like, go purple. Um, <laughs> I can't give you go a ton purple. else. Albert Pujols went to his high school. That's kind mm -hmm. of fun. Interesting. Um, but he does have one thing, which I think is really funny for a seventh round rookie. And I think this is like NIL rules just infecting everybody's brain. He has his own website with his own merch. Oh, my God. What, like, what kind of merch oh is it? Oh, my God. It's like, it's just, it's merch. A lot of it goes to, uh, the proceeds go to breast cancer charities, which is nice. But his logo is kind of fire, not going to lie. Yeah, the, it's a, wow, the it's, T and the S. Yeah, the T is like a sword going kind of through an S as if it were like a snake kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks like, uh, you know how the twins have the Twin Cities? Yeah. Cat? Yes. It kind of has that, that vibe though. to it. So yeah. who is that Bills quarterback that threw like the six picks in one game? Nate Remember, Peterman. Like, Nathan Nate Peterman. Peterman. He had also uh, a, a, an online store <laughs> and he sold throw pillows, which I thought was very funny. But <laughs> at least he... I know. I regret not buying one uh, for as a gift. But I... At least he had been made fun of nationally. I, Skylar Thompson's charging fifty dollars for a sweatshirt. Is that because it's going <laughs> guys, to charity? Guys, listen, fifty dollars. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, guys. Sky's the limit is his logo is or is his catchphrase, which is kind of great. I wanted to say, if all the proceeds go to breast cancer charities, should we each buy a Skylar Thompson T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, I'm I think we should and wear it one night when we record. Okay. I'm in. I don't want to besmirch Skylar's good name, but like, how do we know? Oh, that it's going. I don't, you know, I guess we, we just know? have to. We just have to trust him. We just have to have faith in humanity. I think we should all buy a Skylar Thompson. He's got Who underwear on here. Oh my god, he's got. Oh, you can get a pet bandana. This is like a thorough. Website. I know, dude. He has a newsletter that you can sign up for. 
What is news? so funny. The website's official skythompson.com, but dude, Sky Thompson's such a better name than Skylar Thompson. Totally. Totally. Wow. You can get a dad hat? All right. I hope he doesn't suck now. I'm kind of hoping that this goes well. He was lit at Kansas State. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, to add to this, a lot of people actually liked him as a sleeper coming into the draft this year. He was also he the best quarterback in the preseason this this year. Oh, he lit it up in the preseason. This is the reason. Heifetz actually was like, Danny, you have a whole bunch of Skylar Thompson on your dynasty teams. I've noticed this. He was telling me this the other day. I'm like, I don't actually know a lot about Skylar Thompson. Like, I didn't heavily scout him prior to the draft. You only bought, like, fucking... six T-shirts from his website. You don't know him, <laughs> Right, well. right. But he freaking lit it up in the preseason, and he looked really, really good. Um, in this, you know, Mike McDaniel offense or whatever. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued by this. Obviously, he did not look good in this last game, but he came in cold. He didn't, you know, prep as the starter during the last week before that because Bridgewater got hurt very early in the game. Um, but yeah, man, going back, he had, he had 450 passing yards, five touchdowns, zero picks in the preseason. Obviously, it's preseason, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm somewhat intrigued. That Can being you- said, not super excited about Waddle and Hill this week. Well, you have to play them if they play, though. It's, oh, you can't of do anything about right. it. Can we set a statistical goal for Skylar Thompson, and if he reaches it, we buy some of his merch? He passes for more yards than Navy this week? Uh, 20 points? 20 points? Fantasy is that too points? Much? Is that too many? That feels high. 16. 15? <laughs> What's the Amendoza line for quarterbacks? What if he's just a top He's number 19. Should we say 19 fantasy points? That's good. That's good. It feels so high, but yeah. Yeah, it's... It is high. <laughs> yeah, you want, so are his prices. You want to charge seventy dollars for one of those? It goes a to a good sleeve? cause. High fits. He had like two points last week. <laughs> Watch, he he keeps like ninety percent of the profits. Probably. Am I wrong for a suit being a little sketched? I, 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 if it go actually goes, I'm happy to buy. If it actually goes, seventy percent goes to the to the newsletter. Uh, paying some ghostwriter to do the newsletter. I just week. signed up. I want to see what this newsletter. I was trying to see if the newsletter announced that like he was going to play this week. I feel like that would be newsletter worthy. Uh, to be clear, if it really does go to the cause, cool. I'm just kind of like, couldn't you just give the money to charity? Don't worry about it. Rather than make merch? Well, how much am I paying for this high quality? How much of this is going to charity? Seems like a small percentage. Well, I'm sure the t- t-shirts all cost so little. Like the profit margins on clothes is ridiculous. I'm sure it's like $10 for the t-shirt. And- <laughs> Yeah, this, is very, this is scintillating conversation, you guys. <laughs> this is like, remember, we don't know anything about ads. Now we don't know anything how about ads. How does advertising work? Yeah. yeah, how does advertising work? Okay. How does charity work? What, what other quarterbacks this week? Are we talking about P.J. Walker? P.J. Walker for the Panthers is terrible, but Baker's been so bad. The, the only irony with P.J. Walker is that the reason he's on the team is because Matt Rule coached him at Temple. Right. But now Matt Rule's been fired, so it's kind of like the, what are you still doing here? But... Now he's playing, ironically, after Matt Rule. So, but it doesn't matter because you're not going to bench Christian McCaffrey. You have to play him. Honestly, Baker's been so bad that DJ Moore can't get worse. So whatever you, you do with DJ Moore, he couldn't possibly be worse. Would you guys like him more or less if he went by his, his real name? What is it? Phil. <laughs> Phil Walker? Yes. 100%. No, because if he were Phil, we'd be like, hey, we should go by PJ. Phil Walker? I would definitely be excited about that. Craig, what about Kenny Pickett, though? Because Pickett, obviously, he's not like, obviously, first-round pick, he's not as decrepit as these guys, but going against the Bucks feels pretty hopeless. It does. However, and I guess we can skip to this, to my Costanza player of the week. Yeah, if all my instincts are wrong, the opposite must be, might be right. Uh, Kenny Pickett is my Costanza, George Costanza player of the week. <laughs> so I watched every throw Pickett made against the Bills. I went back and watched every throw he made. I thought he actually played well and looks good considering the circumstances. 
he made like, he threw 52 times. I thought he had like five bad throws. There was a lot of drops. The, the guy hangs in the pocket, maybe to a fault, goes through his progressions. He's accurate. He usually gets the ball out on time. He took Pittsburgh inside the Bucks, uh, the Bills 60, sorry. He took Pittsburgh. Whenever I see Pickett and Pitt, it's like, no, Pickett, Pickett. <laughs> and they have Pittsburgh, George Pickens. It's all very ridiculous. Difficult. Kenny Pickett took the Steelers inside the Bills 30-yard line six times. And they missed a couple field goals. Um, they went forward and fourth down once they didn't get it. But, you know, obviously the, the Bucs are a terrifying defense. But they got lit up by the Chiefs. Even if they get killed, I think there's going to be garbage a lot of garbage time, time potential yeah. for Kenny Pickett. Like, 300 yards and two touchdowns, to me, is very possible against this defense. This is all gut, but I actually think Kenny Pickett has shown pretty well, uh, all things considered, in his first one and a half starts. Yeah, I think that the, the Steelers offensively are in the absolute bottom tier in terms of everything. But the differences with the Panthers offense or the Bears, the Steelers are actually fun to watch. It's like Trubisky, was even when he Trubisky was putting up fantasy points and stuff and fine, it was like, don't watch him. The Steelers offense is bad, but Pickett's actually extremely watchable. And He's also, very watchable. And Pickens makes like legitimately two all pro catches every week. He had another, he had another like high point sideline go up and grab it catch this week and just but like Deontay threw Johnson the ball does the too. Honestly, totally. Deontay, De- Deontay's had three catches this year that haven't counted that I'm like, that's like should be top 10 in the season. And seriously, you, you could almost do a Steelers reel of the best catches of the season and like the rest of the NFL reel. And I actually don't know if. The, the other 31 teams would be, like, way better. Totally. And that's not even getting into Claypool, who's been pretty mediocre this year. They're just, they're kind of stacked. So it's like, you know, I, I think the actually, I think the worst part of the Steelers is not on the offensive side of the football, it's their defense. Their defense is terrible without T.J. Watt. If their secondary is super banged up, they're getting torched. So I think Brady's going to have a fantastic day, which is why I think Kenny Pickett can kind of stay alive and above that quarterback in Mendoza line. I don't mind Interesting. It. This could low-key be, like, a good fantasy game. I wouldn't play Kenny Pickett, but Deontay Johnson, if you're wondering about it, definitely play Deontay and then Pickens. Play Pickens for sure. I mean, he's been the best guy on the team the last two, three weeks. All right. Mario Kart rainbow strip. Again, play Mario Kart, hit the little rainbow, get the little turbo boost. And just sometimes a matchup is like a little, little, little rainbow boost. So DK, who's your Mario Kart rainbow strip of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with the Ramondre Stevenson versus the Browns week. This is the the, Ramondre is the little Mario Kart character. He's yeah. getting the boost. Dude, did you watch some of the, the uh, highlights from Ramondre last week? Like, He's that fantastic. guy is really freaking good. Like, he has such light feet, such good balance, and, and like, short area explosiveness for how big he is and for, like, how strong he is. It's crazy. Um, and then, to add to that, Bill Belichick was essentially just saying how much he absolutely freaking loves this guy, which, like, I feel like you don't really hear Belichick ever say anything of note. And it was like he was, like, heaping praise on Stevenson. And so um, with Damian Harris likely trending towards not playing, it sounds like he's not going to play. Um, I think Stevenson's going to get a ton of volume. He had 27 touches last week, which was fourth most in the NFL. Obviously, coming into the year, we were very afraid this is going to be a three-headed monster, but the injury situation in New England has made it so Ramondre has what looks like probably a full workload this week. And he's good in the passing game. Um, so whether it's Mac Jones or, or Bailey Zappi at starter, I think they're going to run a lot. The Browns are giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. They've surrendered 440 yards rushing in the last two weeks. So this is just all kind of pointing to a Ramondre blow-up game. 
Every week that Damian Harris is out, Ramondre Stevenson is a, a top 10-ish running back. We were texting Bill yesterday. Bill was trying to trade Ramondre to, or trade Devontae Smith yeah. to, yeah, to Sal for Ramondre. And we were like, I don't know if that's going to like work, man, because the secret's out. But do you also <laughs> want to know a stat? Ramondre had 161 rushing yards last week. That's the third most a running back's had in Bill Belichick's time with the Patriots. Wow. Wow. It's Jonas that's Gray. Crazy. 200 yards, and he was on the cover of SI, and he got cut like a few weeks later from being oh, late it. to a meeting. He was like late to a practice, yeah. Like Garrett Blunt had a good game, and then Ramondre's third. So I, I wow, it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty big opportunity. Craig, who's your Mario? Who's your Mario Kart Rainbow Strip for the week? It's just all the fringe guys for the Bills and the Chiefs this week. If you're debating, if you need that like flex wide receiver, and you added Isaiah McKenzie off waivers, or you've had MVS on your bench, or you're sick of Juju Smith-Schuster, I would start all of them this week. I like this. Yeah, if you're on the fence between these guys and anyone else, I'm like, it's kind of why people invented fantasy football was to watch a cool <laughs> game. And like, if you're not betting, you want skin in the game. Like, if you're between, I don't know, MVS and some other bad receiver, pick the guy in the game that everyone's going to be watching. All right. My one, the one that inspired this is the Seattle Seahawks defense is awful. <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals are playing them. Well, first of all, just, if a tree falls in the forest, but it's at the same time as Chiefs Bills, like, did it happen? Like, no right. one's watching this game other than DK. Yeah. This is the game you turn to when Bills Chiefs goes to commercial and you're like, all right, let me check in on Cardinals <laughs> Seahawks for 200 seconds and then come back. The Seahawks defense has just allowed the most yards to running backs, like, period, like scrimmage yards. Like, they're top three in rushing yards to running backs and top three in passing yards allowed to running backs. Like, it's just... It, they just can't defend running backs. Defense so sucks, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> They're so bad. We'll see what happens with the Cardinals. Like James Conner plays, whatever. But even if Conner plays, Eno Benjamin. Obviously, if Conner plays, you should play him. Eno Benjamin, man, is so I hate flexible like, as a term, but you can play Eno Benjamin. Yeah, it sounded like Conner's not going to play. He did not practice today, which is Thursday. Um, and I think I saw a report that said he's not going to play. So it's trending. And it's going to look really good for Eno here. Eno's like a must start if yeah. if, if Connor's out. And then also, dude, Rondale Moore. You can totally, like, does Cardinals force the ball to Rondale Moore so much? And I feel like even just him coming off these initial games with the hamstring injury recovered from, they make such a strangely focused effort to get him the ball that I really feel like if you're in a PPR league, he has such an oddly high floor of like four or five catches in a game for a player that also is one of the rare explosive athletes that you also think could get a 70-yard touchdown at most. Mostly you have to choose. It's like you can get a 70-yard touchdown, but you have to live with, well, they might have zero catches. Rondell Moore, it's like, well, he's going to have four points just from catches anyway. Like in the worst case, it feels like that way. He essentially has taken over for Greg Dorch, who, you know, we were talking about Dorch a lot during the the first three or four weeks of the season because he was like a top 20 receiver in fantasy and PPR. And now Rondell Moore, who is more explosive, and, and I think one of the reasons Dorch, by the way, didn't get drafted is he ran like a really slow 40. Like he just didn't have the athleticism, the overall th- athleticism. Dorch is a good player, I think, but Rondell Moore is legit, legit explosive. So that I think is the reason that they were trying to get the ball into his hands. You know, there was a couple of plays last week where they did target him downfield. That's like the big concern is it's all just like two, two like yard A dot stuff all around the line of scrimmage. But honestly, at the same time, like, this is what we're excited about Curtis Samuel for, too. And he's doing the exact same thing for the Washington offense. Um, I mean, we haven't seen the game tonight, but, you know, they're just feeding him around the line of scrimmage, getting him a bunch of manufactured touches, letting him do his thing after the catch. 
this is what Rondell Moore is going to be in the Arizona offense. So yeah, I think he's definitely startable in PPR. Yeah, this transitions nicely into the debutante ball, a.k.a. the coming out party award for who I think is going to mature in fantasy football this season. <laughs> I just, it's just, just so creepy. Us. It's Rondell Moore. <laughs> I mean, we're also not factoring in that just like not only are the Seahawks bad on defense, but they're oddly first in offensive DVOA in the NFL. This game is going to score a lot of points. And, also, and so... so uh, the Cardinals are going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. And Seattle specifically versus the slot this year, which is where Rondell plays, are horrible. Every statistic, yards per attempt allowed, they're second to last in the league. Passing touchdown rate against the slot, last in the league. QB rating allowed versus the slot, second to last in the league. Explosive pass play rate to slot, last in the league. Like, they are a What the hell is going on with this the slot. defense, man? So, part, I, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't studied the Seahawks defense closely this year, but... The big storyline during the offseason was them switching to like the too high Vic Fangio style of defense. Not working. I feel like Pete Carroll is going to be like, fuck this pretty soon and go. That's back like, to remember his- when Shooter McGavin like tries to do the Happy Gilmore <laughs> yeah. swing once and yes, it doesn't work? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is Pete Carroll's going to be. He's just, I feel like he's going to give up on this defense pretty quickly and just like go back to what he knows. Of course, his defenses have not been very good in the past either. They just don't have very much talent on defense. (laughs) They're just, there's one problem, Happy. You're not any good. Tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, get in on the action right now with a $10 bonus for playing just $1 in fantasy on FanDuel. There are so many different game types to choose from. Full slate contest featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contest, and single game showdowns. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. So whether it's Thursday night or the right before the kickoff on Sunday, FanDuel always has contests available. If you want DFS advice this week, obviously Bill's Chiefs. Everyone's going to be going with that. But honestly, the Seahawks Cardinals thing, that's probably more value because one, people are going to forget it's happening. People are going to be like, wait, there's other football on. That's weird. And then also, as we just said, Seahawks Cardinals, just so much firepower. Kind of like a good hedge against Bill's Chiefs. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app to get your $10 bonus now to start making every moment more. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Time for the Kombucha Player Girl Player of the Week, a.k.a. the award that we have to explain the most because most people are confused. It's the meme of the girl who tries kombucha and is like, do I like it? And she's like, well, uh, no, yes. Uh, uh, uh. Just the person that you don't know, you're like, like this, like that. Am I in? Am I out? I don't know. I keep changing my mind. DK or Craig, whoever wants to go first. Who's your kombucha girl player of the week? <laughs> I'm doing the kombucha girl. I'll right go now. first, I guess. Okay. Uh, with the obvious caveat that you're not going to sit him probably if he's on your team. I just don't know what to feel about Joe Mixon right now. Like he's just been he's been getting so much volume. Everything you want from like a starting running back in in fantasy in terms of the number of touches he's getting, the number of times he's running the ball, all the goal line touches that he's getting, and all that, but he's just not converting it into fantasy points yet, like at a, at a high enough rate that we'd be like really excited about playing him. Um, yeah, so here, here's the good. He is first in the NFL in touches, 116 touches. He has 96 rushes, which is fourth most. Um, however, he's only turned that into 302 yards rushing, which is 19th most. And right now, he's dead last among 42 qualifying running backs in yards after contact per rush. Dead last. This is why it's hard for us to like predict the future. It, what, if we had told you that five weeks in the season, Joe Mixon would lead the league in touches and have one touchdown, like it just it does not it does not compute. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, and it's like he's been a 
I feel like I don't, I don't actually have the numbers in front of you, but I feel like he's been a pretty dynamic runner, like a tackle breaker in the past. He's he's a very strong, you know, explosive guy, but he just is not creating on his own this year. Um, I think that he's still a, a trade target. I, I know that we've we've said that, and if you did, you're probably disappointed. But like, I would still go and trade for Joe Mixon because you can't lead the league in touches. And, and again, like we watched the, I saw on Sunday Football last week, he's getting like they, they, it wouldn't have been surprising if they had a uh, replay reviewed his tackle into a touchdown. Like, yeah. he got ruled down at the two-inch line. It's like, they're going to start coming. But right now, I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just in that zone where I'm like, I don't know if he's any good. Like, you know what I mean? I know he's good. What do I? But is he? But I think he is. Yeah, he's good. But but maybe he's not. Like, that's how I'm feeling about him right now. Craig, who's your kombucha girl of the week? It's Elijah Moore on the Jets. Like, if, if Elijah Moore's on my bench this week, I'm like, I'm probably not starting him. I'm like, but yeah, he's so good. And like, he's, he's put up the numbers in the past. So I saw this from Warren Sharp. The Packers on defense, when they're playing against teams that don't use play action, are essentially the best defense in the league. When the Packers go up against play action, they are the worst defense in the league. And the Jets with Joe Flacco never ran play action. The Jets with Zach Wilson run the second most play action in the NFL, 56%. And last week they ran at 67%. Um, and the Jets have run the ball really 67% well. 67% play action last week? Yes. Wow. It's <laughs> a lot. And the Jets are running. It's because they're running the ball so much. Like the Jets have run the ball more than they've thrown the ball with Zach Wilson. Um, and they've been doing it really well. Brees Hall's obviously taken off. And the Packers are also not great against the run. So in theory, ipso facto, if the Jets can run the ball <laughs> against the Packers, the Packers are going to try and stop the run. Play action, more conducive. Jets are good at play action. Packers really bad at play action. Elijah Moore is the guy averaging the most air yards per target, not Garrett Wilson, not Corey Davis. Mm. Packers coming off the London week. I'm like, could this be kind of Elijah Moore's day to kind of get back on track? Eh, kabucha. I like this. I like this. He's gonna he's gonna have so many empty calorie uh, fantasy points this week. <laughs> like I say, as just always, on, his bench, on people's what benches. I would say in this situation, you have to envision Elijah Moore being in your starting lineup and getting three points, and it being the reason that you lost is that you played him. And then you have to imagine Elijah Moore being on your bench and having 27 points. And the reason you lost is you did not play him. And you have to weigh those and be like, how would I feel? I would feel more stupid if I had played Elijah Moore and he did bad than I would feel if I did not play him and he did well. And so I'm out. I am finishing on out on him. But I respect wherever you come <laughs> to your conclusion in your own heart of hearts. I like playing high upside guys. I'm a pleasure seeker. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm searching for that high. Adren adrenaline I wish junkie put that over here. L I like adrenaline junker junkie more than pleasure seeker. That was he again mildly <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Not mildly, it's just creepy. Fantasy okay. hedonist. Fantasy. All right, I, uh, I I'm introducing a new award here. It's the Mugatu. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills award from the end of Zoolander. It's one. It's the same look. It's the same look. Blue steel, they're all the same. Am I the only one who sees this? It's I, I have never looked at a line. And again, I'm, I guess I'm dangerous because the last line I talked about was Colts Chiefs where I didn't get it. And it's the Colts again, so maybe I just don't get anything. However, the Colts are playing the Jaguars. The Colts are favored by a point and a half. I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Do you remember like a fucking month ago when the Colts and the Jaguars <laughs> played and the Jaguars beat the Colts like 24 to nothing? Shut the Colts out. Did not score a point. Colts have not scored a point. And a month again, they're playing the Colts are just favored. What am I, like, genuinely, what am I missing? I mean, the Jags have not looked very good the last two weeks, right? Neither have the Colts. I, I, yeah, you're right. The, the Jags, Jags have just bad. lost to the Texans. So, it's, But I it's don't know. not like, 
the Colts have been good and it's like the one weird loss, but they've looked good otherwise. The Colts are literally dead last in points in the entire NFL. Matt Ryan leads the league in picks. He leads the league in fumbles. He leads the league in sacks. And the offensive line is so bad that they're just moving players around. They put their left tackle at right tackle. They put their right tackle at right guard. Their new left tackle is Bernard Ryman. He's from Austria. Yeah, Raymond. Mm -hmm. He's a rookie. He's a third round rookie from Austria who played wide receiver in high school. (laughs) Went to uh, Central Michigan to play tight end. Couldn't really get playing time. So changed to offensive line in the pandemic and is now playing NFL football as left tackle. Like, what's am I? Yeah, what's wrong with that? (laughs) Okay. Could go poorly. This guy has not had 20 games as an offensive lineman his entire life. A week ago, the Colts offensive line coach was like, if he was ready, he'd be starting. And then like three days later, they're starting him. Like, I don't get it. The Colts are just an abomination. I can't believe they're favored to a team that shut them out a month ago. Am I am I taking crazy pills? I'm reading my uh, scattered report on Ryman or Raymond from the, the, fall, the spring, I should say. He grew up in Austria. He played soccer as a kid. He didn't pick up a football until he was 14. So he came to uh, the U.S. for like the foreign exchange in high school. So he he went to high school in the U.S. But then he returned to Austria because he had to do obligatory military duty. And then he came back. And yeah, like you said, he was like trying to be a tight end. And then, I don't know. This is just kind of an interesting also, story. Also, his host dad, I think, was a coach either at Central Michigan or wherever he ended up playing college, there was a connection. We spent so much time talking about this O-lineman and Skylar Thompson today. <laughs> I just can't believe Red like, like right here. the Colts are playing a left tackle who was a fucking wide receiver like four years ago. Does he have merch? <laughs> oh, <laughs> have you ever heard him? Have you ever heard him talk? He kind of he has like a very slight like Arnold Schwarzenegger like accent to him. You know, what's funny is like, I can't think of a single other person ever speaking with an Austrian accent except Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, I just want to hear one other person from Austria speak. This is good. This might sound bad, but like, how does he still have such a bad, like, such a distinct accent? <laughs> he's like, been you've been here in for the so country long. for like fucking 35, 40 years now. Like, it's the you brand. think it would you go away. It. it is the brand. It's the brand. Why, movies, would why would he? he? Yeah. yeah. It's his calling card in every movie. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like, I hang out with a Canadian for like five minutes and I'm saying A and like, Pronouncing everything in a Canadian It's like when way. people study abroad in London, they come back and they're like, oh, I'm going to reckon- use the loo. Oh, I forget. You guys call it bathroom here. <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah, it's really annoying. Barcelona. <laughs> oh, God. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 
37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, let's get to Hot Tub Club. All the guys in that Hot Tub, Cold Tub. I, it should really be Cold Tub Club, but that doesn't have the same ring <laughs> right. to it. But it's all the injuries affecting the weekend. Again, it's Thursday afternoon. We don't have all the information. It's all going to change. But as of right now, here's generally what we know. DK, Yo. Hot Tub Club us. All right, here's the main guys to keep in mind going into the weekend. Number one, James Conner, running back in the Cardinals, has a ribs injury. It's looking like he's not going to be able to play. So this, again, is you know Benjamin's chance to shine. So look for him on waivers if you already haven't because um, it's looking like he's going to be the starter for the Cardinals this week. Number two, T. Higgins, the Bengals, still not practicing as of Thursday. Um, clearly, I think there's something going on with his ankle right now. There's some indication maybe it's a high ankle sprain, so he could be out for a couple of weeks. But this is good for Jamar Chase, of course, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Hayden Hurst potentially gets a little bit of a boost. Um, so going, in the, going into the weekend, have a plan to replace Higgins. Number three, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. Missed last week. Missed Wednesday's practice, but came back on Thursday. So it's looking like he's on track to play. Um, moving to the Saints, there's multiple injuries here to keep in mind. Michael Thomas, still not practicing. Uh, it's I would say this is tracking towards him not playing once again. Chris Olave, who suffered a concussion on Sunday, is still in the, in the protocol. So this is probably going to go down to Friday or Saturday in terms of whether he's going to be able to play or not. Jameis Winston is back at practice. Phrasing, DK. Oh, because he has a back injury? Yes. Yes, sorry. Uh, back and ankle injury, I believe, or something. He's got, he's got multiple things affecting him right now. But he is potentially on track to start again this week, if not, obviously, Andy Dalton again. And then, is there any other Saints to keep in mind? I think Alvin Kamara is back and, and ready to go. Um, Kamara's going to play. Two Chargers players to keep in mind here. Keenan Allen, who has missed the last couple of games with a hamstring injury. Uh, he logs limited practices, I believe, on both Wednesday and Thursday. So he has a chance to play this week. But again, um, those hamstrings are pretty finicky, so they may hold him back another week. We'll see. And then Mike Williams, I don't know if this is going to be something that keeps him out this week, but he had an illness. He missed practice on Wednesday. So just another guy to monitor going in to the weekend. That's all. And go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com for our rankings for this week, and we will update those on Sunday morning with our updated rankings based on inactives and who's and the new information, all that jazz. Okay, let's get to some emails. Got Ooh. an email here from Dave. 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 Following up on last week's discussion about how 70s like arena rock dominates all the music that we have today. He won, says Chris Ryan's theory of music that you're nostalgic uh, for what's good is bullshit right around this, you know, because I, I don't know why everyone's came for this. I'm surprised because I was saying how Chris Ryan's theory of music is people are nostalgic for the music that you grew up with or that you started listening when you were having sex, give or uh, take that right. time. Everyone has confused us for like, that's the best music. I, I don't know. It's not, that's not the point. You're not saying it's the best. It's nostalgic. But we all agreed that our music just isn't as good yes. as it was. And so Dave writes, despite losing my virginity during the time when Hollaback Girl remained number one <laughs> for six God. weeks straight, 
I hold no affinity to Gwen Stefani. Furthermore, I want to submit my college experience as the specific four-year moment in time when American music hit its absolute low point. (laughs) I went to school from 2006 to 2009, and here were the number one songs of each of those years. 2006, Daniel Powder, Bad Day, which is the most widespread song that I think has no cultural legacy. I can't picture this song. What is it? Had a bad yeah, day. Had a bad day. Oh, okay. Uh, on down. okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of hard that not to most, sing to. It's catchy. Yeah, it yeah. was everywhere song, and now it's gone. 2007, Beyonce, Irreplaceable. 2008, Flow Ride and T Pain, Low. Objectively good song. I mean, it's incredible. Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. I can't believe that hit number one. <laughs> I know. What's going on in 2009? <laughs> boom Boom Pow was number one. <laughs> Dave says that has to be the worst four-year run of music in the last 50 years, despite the Beyonce banger. Uh, things didn't improve much for Craig and Danny's generation, but at least you got to blast levels in fraternity basements. Greatest song ever made. Incredible. Play it backwards. My question to you, based on the Billboard year and number one singles alone, has there ever been a worst four years in American music? That's a question for Chris Ryan. I am nostalgic for these songs, though. Me too. Also, like, I'd love to look at songs two through 10 on that Billboard Top 100 list because right. I bet you so many of them are great. Yeah, you can never judge it by the only by the top song on any list. This right? is just the song that was like getting pushed by all the labels on radio stations, but I'm sure there are many other bangers. You know, this is like like Lady Gaga and Kesha and T-Pain, Flo Rida, Pitbull. Like, it's... It, I know that sounds chilling, but it's actually it's great when you go back. It's chilling. <laughs> what is your favorite, like, objectively bad song, though? I was like, ugh. I've, I've like, fallen in love again with Hotel Room Service by Pitbull. Oh, it's great the stupidest song. song I've ever. It's like, but I just love the idea of him trying to, like, flex, like, hey, girl, you, your friend, I got a room at the Holiday Inn. Um, I love Bartender by T-Pain. He has one, he has a line that goes so fucking hard that he just like cruises right through. There's a line in Bartender when he goes, I mean, I'm not going to sing it, but he, he says, pull up to the club. And he's like, 300 bitches in the club ain't none of them hot. And I was like, damn, <laughs> Jesus. <is> pain? <laughs> damn. Kind of standards on this guy. <laughs> Get a load of yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. His, his tiny desk, though, is unbelievable. Oh, oh, he's actually very talented, T-Pain. Top five tiny desk is T-Pain. Um, wow. But my friend Chris and I, we have this, it's not a theory, but this is just something that we like subscribe to now is, is the idea that top 40 music is actually great and we're not going to be the guy who's like, I hate top 40. We're like, you know what? Like top 40 pop is really fun. Club Can't Handle Me by Flo Rida, fantastic song. The harmonies, just embrace it. amazing. It's like watching Transformers. Is it an Oscar winner? No. Am I going to have a great time for two hours? Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> the same. It's, it's the, it's, it's, it's kind of like the people who come out of the really cool movies that are like the Oscar bait or whatever. No offense to Sean Fantasy, but those people like, you know, there's deep critiques and deep conversations and the people walk out of the Fast and Furious Theater are like, oh my God, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. That was happier if you enjoy the popular things generally. Yeah, don't besmirch Sean because Sean agrees with the popcorn. He loves popcorn movies as well. He, he thinks there's room for both. But yeah, it's like not every not every band has to be like, you know, you, you can't just be like Krungbin and Mac DeMarco fans out there. Like, you know what? Put on a Kesha song. TikTok bangs. <laughs> Popular yeah. music is good. They, people Die come young. here for bold takes. Yes. God, it's crazy. You know, the people who need to come back to is Black Eyed Peas. They're just right. Well, Fergie left. 
Not come back like now. I'm saying like the nostalgia, like nostalgia like go for celebrate their oh, whole I entire catalog. They need again. to return. No, not no. I don't need them to go on tour again. I don't need to hear boom boom bow in person. That wasn't what I was saying. I will say, show me the love under uh, appreciated song, and I got a feeling, elite, <laughs> elite, like pregame song. What was the song that it was like a, a sample of the song from Pulp Fiction, um, the Dick Dale song? You know what I'm talking about? Pump it, pump it. Oh. Pump it louder! Parenthes- parentheses yeah. louder. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna that was a good name song. Black Eyed Peas songs forever. But thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jesse, for production help. Thank you to the Black Eyed Peas. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Lil John. Nice shots by Lil John and LMFAO. Hilarious song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chorus is just shots, 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 shots. Shot, 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 shot. Dude, that and was then like everyone my had era. that friend who was like, guys, we should take a shot every time they say shots. Uh. Damn, that friend's a lot of shots. Is that friend alive? <laughs> Maybe mini shots, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Lil John, uh, remember when he showed up in an episode of The Bachelorette? No, I do not. What? He like hosted one of the like daily events and he just like was there as everybody like, it was like one of those like stress relieving days where you just get like a sledgehammer and you get to like break, beat up old cars and win, break windows and stuff. And Lil John was ushering that event. Oh my God. I think he also hosted Bachelor in Paradise for a week. Well, so he's working. He's getting those checks. Do you think we could get Lil John on this podcast? We have a weird culture in this country. We do. I, I bet you Lil John's on uh, uh, Cameo. Feels right. I would like to get Lil John on this podcast. If anyone could help us with that, email us at ringfantasyfootball.gmail. DK, do you, know what, do you know what Cameo is? It felt like it went over your head. Yeah, I know what Cameo is. It's where you pay you pay a celebrity or whatever to like say a personal message to you. Yeah. It's just so popular with all the kids that we must have not gotten it. All the kids are loving Cameo. Cameo is definitely dead. I'm available for Cameo, by the way. You know, Kevin from The that. Office has made like millions of dollars on Cameo. <laughs> yeah, he's the that. one who decided to cash in on it. He was first. He was smart. It's like his full-time job. Like nine to five, he's like thanking, or like saying happy birthday to like 28-year-olds. Well, he was doing The Office pod. He did The Office book. He was the one who's just like, no one's going to just do this. And he just, he just yeah. said he's The Office guy. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.